Hey guys, it's uh, welcome to Biomast episode 23. Uh, thank you for tuning in tonight. It's good to have you here and glad you're listening. Um, so we're going to start with some introductions here. I'm Pokey Draven. We'll start at the top of the list, so Iron Wolf. This is Iron Wolf Saber, CPU1 um, council member. I'm here to talk about a bunch of things. Sounds good. Sir Manboy? Uh, yeah, this is Sir Manboy with Molan Labe. I'm a uh, director over there and a member of CPM1. And Sir Izo. I'm Sarizel, I'm a co-host here on Biomast, a member of CPM1, and a leader of the Top Men Alliance. And as I said before, I'm Pokey Draven. I'm not on CPM, but I'm a co-host here on uh, Biomast. So. You're the only one not on the CPM here today. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the black sheep in the group, but I think I'll manage. But yeah, we got uh, some good topics lined up for you guys tonight. Uh, hopefully some interesting stuff with the recent changes and thoughts about future updates and whatnot. So... Uh, We'll start off as usual with a, a CPM update. We got three guys here that are all on the council, so uh, I'll let them lead it off. Um, yeah, really, all that we uh, we got for this week is that we did meet uh, yesterday, actually, to um, just kind of go over our our kind of priority list for um, you know what we'd like to recommend uh, get looked at for the next hot fix, um, and uh, you know, kind of prioritize our list. Now, when you say you guys meet, are you meeting with with members of C of uh, CCP and not so this cool? week, not just a, amongst um, yourselves? Okay. It, yeah, that we just had a group meeting of of us, um, and that happens from time to time. Usually, you know, when we we want to just kind of organize our thoughts apart from, uh, you know, CCP, um, and then generally they'll they'll meet with us um, prior to each each hotfix and and go over what they have on the list and what we have on our list and somewhere around there you end up with a narrative yeah i think that's pretty good i mean you really want to make sure your your ideas are are clear and, and uniform and when you present them to make sure that it actually goes through and you know it's it's not a, a hodgepodge of, of random ideas so that's that's good to hear uh, go ahead I was going to say, I, I also find uh, our face-to-face -face meetings uh, pretty useful uh, for a completely different reason. You know, sometimes, you know, you get so stuck in a mode of discourse and argument via text um, that you uh, sort of lose touch with how much you like everybody on the CPM and uh, you enjoy the conversations. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's nice to get a reset and just sort of see everybody face-to-face -face and, uh, you know, kind of clear the air on some things and, and uh, you know, reach a level of normalcy that sometimes the text can sort of um, take away from us from time to time. Everybody is like, and this this goes for like forum trolls and everything. Everyone's nicer when you talk to people on voice. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Even Everyone's some of the most tro trolly forum forum posters on on the on the uh, on the game can be like really cool, really smart people when you actually just chat with them. So. Yeah, Jason, you kind of mentioned that before that you know tensions can run high via text because you miss out on a lot of the. The, the voice and whatnot and what people are how how they're saying things or how things are being being presented it gets pretty uh pretty tense at times so it's it's good to actually talk to somebody and actually you know, go face to face you can actually hear how they're actually saying things and typically people are a lot less hostile sounding than they really are via text so that's good to hear that you guys are getting along i know <laughs> and <laughs> zatara and, and zell kind of nipping each other last week it was <laughs> it was always fun but uh was i yeah. nipping last week i thought i just wasn't paying attention last week uh he he kind of he kind of jumped at you a little bit okay yeah i think i i think i vaguely remember that. i j just for the record I, I i paid like the least amount of attention to last week's episode as like any episode i've ever paid attention to anything so um 
it was it was like there was I did my intro and I think I might have made a couple of remarks in the middle somewhere and um, then the show ended and that was that was kind of that. You can tell something's wrong when Zell isn't talking constantly, so I, I should have known. I, I was just kind of zoned. I, I don't know. <laughs> um, it happens. Yeah. All right. Well, if that's what you guys got for a CPM update, let's um, move on to our next topic, which is going to be kind of going on about the uh, Hotfix Delta. I know we didn't talk much about it last week, so you know, I, I actually had a chance to, to play a little bit more. It's been kind of busy around Bolt my end here. So. Yeah, yeah. People said, "Oh man, the Bolt Pistol's OP." I'm like, they, it can't be that bad. I mean, it was so so hard to use before that. You know, I, 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 I like how how bad could they have actually you know broken that, it? That, that's the impression you get until you equip one. I'm like, all right, let's try this. I got a standard bolt pistol. Let's let's do this. And I got like three kills in in like a row. And I'm like, okay, this might be a little op. Yeah, I think my my first experience was I'm like, okay, let's try this. And I went in a corner, one shot a, a scout in the chest, and he fell over dead. I was like, holy shit. And it kind of kept going, where it's just kill after kill. And finally, the Lodgy in my squad took his repair tool off the heavy and put it on me because I was getting more kills with the bolt <laughs> pistol. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, me running in a BPL scout suit at the time, I'm just like, yeah, this is this might be a little completely broken, so we might have to dial this back a little bit. But uh, it was it was fun while it lasted. Yeah, I mean, if it, it feels to me like. You know, there, there's a rate of fire nerf, and I think that probably will help. Um, I, I haven't actually tried my bolt pistol since the rate of fire nerf, but... Uh, it made it easier to use. Okay, yeah, that that actually doesn't surprise me all that much, because the problem with me was really just getting the second or third shots to, to, to uh, aim true. But, I mean, the thing to me is I was sitting at, like, you know, I was on uh, uh, Ashland, you know, the map with the pipes, and there was someone up on the top, and I'm just, I'm standing there on the ground, I'm just like... Aim down the side, aim for the head, pop, he died. And I'm like, okay, so what this is, is this is a medium-range sniper rifle that I can use while standing. <laughs> Without well, aim sweat. assist and high hip-fire accuracy. Well, I can't, aim assist doesn't help me because I use a keyboard, and that is one of the ways that controllers get to be OP. Um, so, you know, I don't get that joy. Nonetheless, yeah, I, it's firing for the hip assist way too accurate with yeah, the dark too. I actually have to point at things for them to take damage. Um, yeah, I actually noticed that thread. I was kind of interested. Can you actually modify the aim assist on a per weapon basis? And uh, I we, mentioned that. it has been done before. I'm pretty sure the bolt pistol is not an exception to that, but we have to find out just in case. No, do but you the think thing that'll is, cause... I felt it was OP with a keyboard and mouse, and that's not going to be changed by uh, affecting the uh, by changing the aim assist. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think that's the sole problem, and I don't. I, I would rather try and find a something that will fix the prop, you know, it holistically. Because um, yeah, I mean the the thing is, I do like it, at, and that in that role of being like a you know single shot high damage type of thing, almost like a pocket sniper. But it's got to be it's got to be weaker than it is um, overall. Well, functionally, numbers aside, it feels. It feels right. It feels perfect now. It feels like it's a weapon you go out to a shooting competition with. Yeah, it, it's Whereas got before, that feel. It was it was slightly jarring to use, and it made it really it made it a little bit more difficult than normal for the average player. Yeah, it definitely performs kind of like a, a magnum revolver sort of thing, which I, I really like. I think that, like you said, it it feels right. It just it, it performs a little too well for what it's doing. So. I think some some additional tweaks it'll be it'll be better, but yeah, I think in, in general it's a, a step in the right direction, just too far. So let's dial it back, and 
I think it'll be a pretty pretty cool gun. Another thing I was playing with was the ion pistol. I uh, didn't get as much time with it as I wanted to, but damn, that thing fires fast. It's it's kind of cool. I still feel like it. I, I couldn't really get the kills with it, maybe. It might just be my, my lack of gun game, but uh, it, it feels better. I'm just not sure if it's quite there yet. And the fact it's being overshadowed by the bolt pistol. Yeah, that doesn't help, because I, I get into an engagement and it's doing well, and then my head would explode with, you know, a couple shots, so... That was a bit of a problem, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, I, I admittedly didn't get to play around with it as much as I wanted to, particularly with the, the charge mechanic. I still don't like the fact that you have to overheat it to use the charge, basically. The decrease overheat is better, but, yeah. How does everybody feel about how the SMG came out of the change? I, I think it felt, it still felt, you know, comparable. It's, it's still performing pretty well, you know, as far as I could tell. Yeah, it feels uh, pretty good. I, I feel like it has lost a, a little something, uh, which clearly statistically it did. But, uh, you know, it's still a very uh, competitive weapon. Yeah, it, it wasn't nerfed into the ground, which is what I was a little concerned about because it was, you know, admittedly, I, I've always maintained that I felt the SMG was a pretty well-balanced weapon. And I didn't want them to change it too much in an attempt to make the other sidearms up to par. And I think that it, it, it turned out pretty good. It's it's a little different, like you said, but overall, I think it's performing, you know, about the same as it is it used to. It's not completely broken, so that's that's good to see. Well, there was also actually generally uh, we didn't actually pass on a lot of the weapons to make them feel more shade to their uh, racial profiles. So with the SMG, it's um it should perform much better than the magsec in close quarter combats, but in a aim down sight battle, it's going to lose the magsec. Yeah, and that that's a big been a big complaint of mine for a long time that the weapons don't quite seem to fit the racial theme they were going for, and it's good to see you guys are actually making that more of a a, a truth. I guess that it actually feels like I'm using a Calvary SMG rather than I'm using a really crappy Minmatar SMG that's gray and blue. You know, on the non-weapon front. Uh, and I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of logies out there that'll agree with me. I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely in love with that injector. That thing is fantastic, and uh, you can tell that it's doing a lot to help people take a little more damage as they're getting back up. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, clearly there are still situations where people are getting picked up at the wrong time and people are getting killed as a result. But I've picked up a guy in some questionable, you know, a couple of people in some questionable situations over the past week, and nothing too bad. And um, it gave him just enough HP to get out of it, you know. So uh, I'm really enjoying that change quite a bit. Yeah, I, I will admit I stand corrected that I've always said, eh, I don't know if a shield bonus would actually really make a difference. But like you said, I've I've been playing around with the injector a little bit, and I I think that it really does actually, like you said, give him a little bit of extra buffer to kind of get out of the shitstorm. I mean, people are going to get picked up in bad situations regardless. I mean, we all wish we had a, you know, accept or deny a revive button, but that's not going to happen. So I think this is a, a pretty good stopgap to kind of make it a little less painful when you're being picked up in a, a dangerous firefight. Yeah. And now if we can just get rid of the, uh, the phantom icon for the, for the pickups and the fact that the injector simply doesn't work sometimes, uh, then we'll be on to something. But uh, as far as its performance, when it does pick somebody up, it, it's really great right now. Yeah, that's been a problem that's persisted for a while. Have you guys hammered out why that happens? Why it just doesn't perform sometimes? It, we don't know why, but it's definitely on CCP's radar of things that we are going to try to fix. 
yeah no it's it's i've gotten killed many times dancing around doing the the lodgy dance trying to find <laughs> the sweet spot to pick the guy up i'm sure you've all <laughs> seen it before oh yeah oh i hit it when it's up in the air <laughs> <laughs> right you gotta yeah. jump up then stab Oh, yeah, it's 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 one of those magical glitches we've had forever, and we've never gotten fixed for. It's just you you learn to deal with it, but when new players come in, like like my injector's not working, I'm like ah yeah, it just it just does that, you know. Yeah, it's it's part of the game. It's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> it's it's what adds challenge and skill to lodging. See, see, I, it reminds me of a story back in closed beta where I I fell for the hidden feature thing where. The latency was getting so bad in, in early closed beta, you know, back during the early more due trials. And I thought that the game had a feature where your gun your gun would jam when you were reloading it as it would reload and then it would get stuck in the reload animation. He kept reloading <laughs> the gun. Yeah, that those so, are good times. So so I was looking for a skill that would reduce the chance to have gun jams. And I'm like, they should really add that, that'd be cool, because I like that feature. And, and, and come to find out the system just sucked because the, the servers were broken <laughs> as hell, but <laughs> It's one of those fun closed beta stories that I remember. But yeah, anything else you guys got for Delta you want to talk about? Uh, it's not Delta related so much because it went in before, but uh, matchmaking is making the game really fun right now. I had uh, my doubts about it one day because it seemed like every match I went into, I got smashed. But uh, overall, almost every single time I go into a match, it's considerably better than it used to be. Yeah, so. I, I love the new matchmaking. I know there's been a few people who've complained about, but I think over overwhelmingly positive in general. Yeah. Much, much better. Games are a lot more fun. They go down to clones more often. Um, you know, really good stuff. Well, it's good to see it's, that CCP is actually coming out and saying, if you get into a game that's a total stomp, send us you know the time and date or a screenshot so we can actually look into, you know, who was involved and why it happened and actually, you know, figure out where those problems are occurring. And I've been harping on that too. It's been it's really important that um CCP Rotati gets these things. So yeah, you were getting made fun of for how many times you said it. It was like there was someone who's like you know, in before uh and it was some uh replacement name of uh I replacement acronym for IWS and before he comes in it says to email CCP Rotati with it your screenshot and I'm like, No, I'll take this one. Email your screenshot to CCP <laughs> Oh, I sent one in. It was a pretty bad stomp. It was like uh, 120 clones versus 30 left. Yeah, Jeez. but I mean, you know, um, he was actually, there was a post that Rattati made that I, I don't think he's followed up on it yet, but he, he had noted that he might make a, he might make a post with some of the, the data that was uh, found on how much more balanced it was than it used to be. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't know if there is such a post coming. Um, I'm, I'm going to nudge him on that because I would like to see... Um, how that actually worked out and his system's really really good i mean we've obviously all had a have had a chance to read up on it and you know kind of understand um the rationale behind it but i think one thing that a system like that can't take into account because it's really just taking raw performance numbers is the effect of uh really effective vehicle users i find that sometimes they'll create a situation where there's going to be a stop um, just based on the fact that uh, they're just awesome in vehicles and people who are awesome in vehicles, even despite all the changes to vehicles, still um, can change the tide of a match. So um, I don't know if a, uh, a system that's based off of raw numbers can ever really account for that because they're just going to look like a high-performing player 
I can see the angry vehicle user po- posts now about yeah. the idea of a modifier for vehicle users. Oh no, no, and I'm not. I'm not really saying that there should be, but I think that might account for why some matches become one-sided in many cases, because that's what I've seen anecdotally. Yeah, it could. And mm-hmm. and fixing the balance on those will help. Um, you know, there's there's been a lot of discussion about vehicle balance again with the uh, the ADS changes. Yeah, I actually uh, I have to thank you guys for upping the velocity of the plasma cannon. I actually killed a dropship of the plasma cannon for the first time in a situation that was wow. actually like a combat situation. The only other time was when the guy was trying to squish me and you know just screwed up. But I actually shot the guy out of the sky with the plasma cannon, so that was that was pretty cool. But uh, yeah, the the dropships are pretty squishy now. I gotta admit, I'm able to put down a ton of damage with just a basic you know swarm launcher, and they've got to get the hell out of there very quickly. I know there's a lot of complaints about that in the forums, and AV and vehicle balance has always been an issue in trying to balance, and it, you know, it, it's never a clean fix, and I, I'm not sure we'll ever really reach a, a perfect balance of it. It's going to be back and forth probably till the end of dust. I mean, looking at the numbers, are are dropships appearing to underperform now, or is this mostly just an anecdotal? I honestly. I honestly don't have those numbers yet. Um, but and I, I'm afraid it's going to take a little bit longer time to figure that out because there's going to be a whole bunch of initial quitters. Then, um, then it'll start to normalize again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just curious because I mean that's. But I, I think that the honest truth is that they were so far above that it would be very, very. I would be shocked if they if they were what I would call underperforming. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a self-proclaimed vehicle guy, but I, I cannot fly dropships worth a damn, so I, I can't really comment on the actual survivability firsthand, so I was kind of curious, because I think people like when CCP actually puts out the numbers and shows, hey, we're looking at the numbers, here's what they are, here's why we think we should change this, yeah, rather yeah. than making changes seemingly just on a whim like they were before it'd be nice if these numbers were public but i can also i think i can think of reasons they are not um and i think that the big thing would be a tendency for everyone to exploit the one that is mathematically in the lead right but i'm just saying like if they can go okay we're looking at the numbers post hotfix delta and we're seeing that dropships are performing at this level which is below what we feel they should be you know not i'm not saying you need to release everything but just showing that we have a reason why we're making this change or not making a change you know so i i hope that they continue yeah, with yeah. that methodology that was actually something i was going to comment on the on the matchmaking discussion was that uh i was i was frankly shocked that that matchmaking thread came out in the way that it did where he had graphs and charts and like this is how we did matchmaking and here's how we want to do matchmaking what do you think um, um that was that to was... me extremely unexpected and extremely stunning because every previous matchmaking change for the last year has been like well we changed matchmaking how'd you change it uh, we changed it, <laughs> you know. Fucking magic is what it was. <laughs> and and yeah, for him to go out and be like, "Here's how this worked," that was fantastic. Well, when before when they were making changes, and the response was, "Do you guys even play your own game?" Because that doesn't make any sense at all. You know, that's that's a problem. But I think when you really actually look at the raw data, I'm always impressed by the types of data that you guys record and and actually track. And then you're able to actually analyze that. That's pretty awesome because then you aren't relying on necessarily just the the anecdotal, you know, testimonies of people playing. You're actually looking at how things are actually working in practice. So I, I think that's really cool. I'm glad to see that they're finally making that shift. You know, and I'm not sure if it's you know that's the big thing with having a numbers guy in the lead. You know, 
You, you, you have a statistics guy running this. He, you, you gotta imagine that statistics plays pretty heavily into into his decisions. I mean, I don't know how much how much statistics was or wasn't involved in previous balancing, but I know that Rattati is really good with numbers. So yeah, he's well, pretty awesome. Finance guy, you know. You guys may or may not know, but it's my personal curiosity. Do you know who made the call to put him in charge of Dust? Because it it seems like I, in terms of you know I, what what. What I recall, CCP Rouge made that decision. I okay. think he did. Yeah, because I mean, given the situation we're in and the limitations, it, it seems like it was pretty much the perfect choice for. Because I mean, charge. CCP Rouge is more or less, um, you know, the the guy, the management for you know the the top in charge guy of, you know, that that whole dust legion thing. You know, there's obviously stuff that goes up to the board, but a lot of stuff is is somewhere under him. Yeah, I mean, that's just personal curiosity because I mean I, I think you'd find, despite people complaining about certain changes, people overall there's over, um, overwhelming support for Ratati and the work that he's done with Team Ratati, you know, Logi Bro and whoever else is involved. I don't have the exact names personally. Yeah, Logi Bro's been a great help to uh, CCP Ratati as well, helping him do all sorts of uh, other t- uh, testing. Yeah, I mean some of the stuff you've that they've pulled off is is pretty awesome. So you know I think we're all. Very happy that changes are happening, which should have happened a long time ago. But you know, better later than never, I guess. So. <clears throat> yeah, and it's not just their um, their intelligence that's impressive, man. It's their enthusiasm. It's really inspiring to see those two guys care about the game as much as they do. And I think that's something that the player base really should be aware of. Because you know, I'll be in squads, and I just I hear so many rumors about you know CCP's doing this with the game, and I always kind of chuckle because you know, obviously. In my position in Sarai and Sarai and you know IWS can say the same. We you know we've certainly get information that's to the contrary of what a lot of the rumors are, and um, you know it's it's awesome that you know that we know and I wish the rest of the player base knew just like how awesome those two guys are to be working on the project right now. Like you know obviously we all wish the game was in a better place overall, but the fact that the two guys that are probably most involved are super competent and really enthusiastic and passionate about the game. Like I said, is really inspiring. So, Well, that's what you get when you put people who play the game in charge instead of people who just develop the game. I think the fact that you actually have people who play yeah, the game I mean, actively and enjoy it, that's a big difference. You have, you have between the two of them, you have CCP Rotati, whose first posts on the forums were entirely him being a player of the game, not, mm-hmm. you know, as a developer. And then you have CCP Logic Bro, who was a player of the game before he, before he worked for CCP. So, Yeah, and I, th- I think it's when you make it less of a job and more of a, you know, a passion of something you enjoy doing, that's when you really get the good stuff and... It's a shame we didn't have it before, but you know we're—I've uh, said it a million times—but it's it's glad that we're we're finally getting it now. So you know, props to those guys. It's it's much appreciated from the player base. Uh, so yeah, if there's something else for Delta, we could probably move on to something else. We'll talk about just Hotfix Echo or whatever they're going to call it. Um, any wish list speculation, things you'd like to see, you know, potential changes that came in Delta that you want changed, you know, again in Echo. Uh, just any thoughts from you guys? Uh, I'm, you know, certainly, and I think the rest of the guys are definitely in favor of this too, just getting the, um, loyalty store in order in terms of, you know, having all the gear in it that needs to be in it and also reevaluating the pricing structure. Um, you know, things related to that, I think would be, you know, a really good focus for this update. So that, that's definitely, you know, the area that I'm hoping it's a lot of, uh, attention. 
Yeah, I know uh, Crossa2, another member of CPM, has uh, been getting some posts out on the forums asking for feedback specifically about uh, the support role and logistics and uh, commandos as well. Uh, not saying that's going to be an echo, but just you know, collecting feedback from people and kind of hammering out some ideas of things that might need to change and whatnot. I think um, people can pretty much agree that the Logis definitely need some attention in, in their bonuses and maybe some of their base stats and whatnot. So you know, if, if you are active on the forums, go take a look at that thread. I think it's in the feedback section. It's it's really good stuff. You know, throw your, your two cents in. Yeah, Cross's work on um, support issues is unparalleled. The guy is awesome when it comes to that stuff. And, you know, I'm honored that a lot of times he'll, you know, come to me for my two cents on those issues too. But uh, clearly, um, and I'll be the first to admit it, Cross is sort of the the leader in the CPM when it comes to support play and, and logic related issues, the guy is, is definitely on the ball as far as that's concerned. Yeah, absolutely. I've, I've talked with him a lot about, about support re- related issues and just again, him getting my feedback as a, as a veteran player, you know, it's, it's always, as you said, an honor to, to be asked those sort of questions by someone who's actually, you know, <laughs> able to, to invoke change in, in the system. So, you know, again, props to cross. He unfortunately can't make it to the shows very often anymore, but, uh, yeah, Check he out his threads. They're his awesome. Sundays are he's got he's got something Sunday nights every week. So, um, but uh, yeah, and I you know some I know Cross makes threads. Iron Wolf makes threads. I actually don't think I've made a thread since um, since I got elected. But um, my tendency is to uh, is to respond to others in varying levels of troll. <laughs> You're gonna make people hate the CPM. You know that, right? You know, here's the thing. I get more forum likes when I troll. I write like a serious post. I get like one or two likes and I'm like, yeah, this is a great idea. I'll pass this on. I'll get like a like, maybe two likes. I troll and I get like 12. Uh, you know, I not to get likes though. It's to be productive. That's, You're that's the a, exact opposite of me. <laughs> those 12 likes are Hinox and 11 of his alts. <laughs> that's, that's entirely likely. <laughs> Iron Wolf, on the other hand, is very productive, but the way in which it's presented usually just pisses people off, and it comes off as trolling, so you have to take it with a spoonful of salt. Well, you know, the thing is, is people have, and, and sometimes people don't realize this, but, you know, I'll have like a, I'll have like a troll response to someone, because their thread was ridiculous, in my opinion, and deserved to be called out as ridiculous, but then through later discussion will come across a point that I'm like, yeah, I generally, I genuinely agree with that. That makes sense. And then they're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, just just don't just to go overboard. Like I said, you don't want people hating the CPM and then refusing to give proper feedbacks. I mean, I think we all want the game to get better, so do try to keep it as productive as possible. But uh, yeah, another thing for Echo uh, for me personally is that I'd like to, is uh, a like I said, as a vehicle guy, I'd like to see you know some some time to look at some of the vehicles and the variants that have since been removed and possibly getting those back in and, and maybe reevaluate and how they perform to make vehicle play a little more interesting because as anyone can tell you it's extremely bland in terms of fitting and options available to you aside from maybe a, an assault dropship because that is an actual specialty vehicle rather than your you know standard stock one something that i've been <clears throat> really trumpeting you know for probably the last month or so and you know, I'm not the only one who realizes this too. Uh, and I don't know if it's something that will be addressed this time around or how long it'll be before uh, this really gets the attention that it deserves. But uh, I'm really uh, a big proponent of increased compensation to change player behavior, to get people out of that playing scared mode and into playing for the win. 
And uh, I'm hoping yeah. that that's that's something that uh, we can we can definitely address here before long. I don't know if it'll be sooner or later, uh, but I think that has an, uh, a definite chance to increase, um, you know, the fun and the, um, you know, the action and the battles, you know, by by a lot. Actually, you can be more aggressive when you have money. Yeah, for sure. And I even saw on Google Plus, like this week, I saw a comment from someone saying they were thinking about quitting the game because they they were running out of isk and couldn't keep enough isk. You know, to yeah. afford stuff. It's also a little frustrating. I think that it, it often feels like your performance in the game doesn't necessarily uh, affect the ISK payout very much. I mean, uh, sometimes it does. Other times, I feel like, wow, I, I kicked ass that round, and then I'm like, I get the same payout I, I usually do. And I think that's also kind of disheartening when it feels like your performance doesn't actually mean anything in the gameplay. Yeah, we've got to definitely reward people who are playing hard, who are performing, and we've got to actually curtail, um, you know, all these people who ride the coat coat tails of everyone else by just kind of showing up in the game and then just sort of goofing off. Um, you, know, you know, one of the best things that we did, you know, recently or CCP did recently rather is, um, you know, with these new accounts, you know, only letting people start off with like 25,000 ISK. Um, so it was to avoid all this, you know, fraudulent behavior that was going on um, with respect to ISK transfers and things like that. And um, we need to sort of take that same approach with people who aren't uh, really giving it their all in matches. Like if you don't perform and you don't do anything, you should barely get paid, if at all. And um, the people who are trying to win the game should be paid handsomely. And in fact, if you do win, you get paid even better for that. So. Um, you know, I hope that's an approach and a philosophy that they, they take into this whenever they do address it. Yeah, that's another pet peeve of mine is I feel like winning or losing doesn't really affect the outcome of the, the match very much. And I think in public matches, that disparity between a win-loss should probably be smaller than something like, you know, faction warfare or PC. Oh, yeah, but yeah. It, it, it still feels like, eh, I lost, but whatever, I'm still getting paid. You know, it, it, yeah. I mean, personally, I, I played a win, but it doesn't encourage a, a winning play style if you don't reward actually winning and i think if you you know make people actually try because they know well shit if i don't actually you know go cap that objective i'm not going to get paid very well for this round it might get them off their asses sitting on the ridge line with their sniper rifle and actually go out and do something which i know is a big complaint of a lot of players i want to see more in in uh i want to see more in pubs that be based on your personal personal capability um so that you're not hindered by you know noobs on your team losing for you Mm -hmm. yeah um, but in, in, you know, fact war, it should be really, really heavily, you know, play to win. Well, I think personal performance should definitely be a major factor, but I still think there should be a multiplier for a win loss regardless, you know, I think the compensation should be better across the board in pubs, you know, and I think it already gives what a 20% increase for the winning side or something along those lines, but it uh, seems like it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, clearly, even if you're playing really well, uh, you know, and you get a lot of war points or whatever performance indicators that you want to count for this, um, yeah, you should definitely get paid handsomely, win or lose, eh, a little more on the win side. But in pubs, you know, definitely, uh, you don't want to not pay people because their team didn't play well. But again, if we if we take the fear out of the game, this um, this risk averse sort of um, approach that a lot of people have, um, I think that that'll actually improve too. Yeah, I mean, I, I fall off the same pitfall where I, I, I'm a self-proclaimed BPO lover because I, I love running cheap suits because I like to earn money and I feel that if I, my style of gameplay is very aggressive, so I get a lot of kills and I die a lot. So my, you know, my KDR is, is normal, but my 
my ISK efficiency if I use stuff that's expensive is actually quite low. So I, I use the cheap stuff so I can play aggressively. But mm-hmm. if I had a bigger payout, I would definitely actually use higher level gear instead of the standard stuff. Yeah. That's the idea for sure. And it's more fun to use the better stuff too. I mean, if people have more money and they use more fun gear, I mean, that's, that's just good for player morale too. I mean, everybody knows that a proto suit is more fun than a basic suit. There's just no doubt about it uh, for various reasons. Yeah, yeah, it also allows them for some more flexibility in your fits and whatnot. Because, I mean, the, the standard suits are pretty limited in what you can fit on them. And, I mean, granted, a high-level suit lets you put more of the same thing, but it also lets you be a little more flexible. And you can afford to, you know, maybe put a, some, some dampener on there or something, a little more creative with it. Whereas in a standard suit, you've got the bare minimum. You have to put certain stuff on it just to survive. Where I think the high-level stuff with the more slots, you can have a little more fun with it, which, you know, I, I would also enjoy having the option to do. But like you said the payouts are just not high enough where I can really afford to play the way I like mm-hmm. and, and still actually maintain a, a positive ISK flow. And, you know, clearly, you know, even though PCs changed a bit, uh, there are still people that are, um, you know, incredibly wealthy and they still have these, you know, massive uh, ISK accounts. Uh, they get to run the proto stuff, whereas everyone else who didn't enjoy that experience and wasn't a member of a PC team doesn't necessarily get to do that. So if you can up the ISK payouts, you sort of cut down on that uh, that disparity a bit. You give people a chance to run good stuff. And really for the rich people, they're so rich at this point, um, giving them more money doesn't really change things for them either way. They're never going to run out to begin with. So um, just allowing more money into the economy is, is really going to help the lower level people rise up and not really do anything to change where the the former PC players or current PC players um, are. Well, especially since, you know, we're at a point where there's never going to be a dust economy or market. So, mm-hmm. you know, ISK payouts really can't do damage at this point other than yeah. letting people run better stuff. So I'm, sure. I'm far less cautious about it now that we know that we aren't going to be getting a player market for dust so we can afford to to do stuff like that a little less cautiously and then kind of just, you know, reward people and, and let them have more fun with the game rather than, you know, try to save and hoard their money just so they can, you know, run a good suit every once in a while rather than most of the time. Yeah. Cause that's a really sad thing when you hear these players who, you know, budget to use, you know, one proto suit a match and then they, they have to jump back into their basic gear or their BPOs. You know, I just, I hate the fact that there are people out there that have to do that type, you know, type of thing when there are people like me who can just, you know, if I want, I can run proto all match, you know, and uh, I feel bad about it, but I enjoy those suits more because they're more fun to use. So, you know, I feel bad, but at the same time, I'm not going to be a martyr for the people who can't enjoy that same experience, but I want them to be able to play at my level. um, Not so much me go down to theirs, you know, but uh, I think, you know, if you can get those payouts uh, up, you can, you can help them experience that sort of level of play more often, at least. Well, and it's also frustrating for people like me where we're not extremely, you know, wealthy, mm-hmm. but we've got skills maxed out and weapons maxed out and yeah. suits all the way maxed out, but I still run BPOs because, again, I can't really afford it. So I'm, my SP is only worth the bonus. It's not worth the unlocks, which is a little, a little disheartening considering the time and effort put in to actually unlock those things. Absolutely. It's kind of an interesting topic to kind of to actually touch on for Legion as well and in terms of, uh, we kind of got a, a conversation starting in the Skype chat here about tier aside and, and having, you know, like I mentioned that we'd have the higher level suits give you more flexibility in the fitting, but you know, you, you can't 
necessarily do that without making lower level suits too strong and, and upper level suits too weak. But in a kind of a half tier side, as Iron Wolf is, is pointing out, um, the, the concept being that you give all suits the same slot layouts regardless of tier, but their fitting uh, options are, are more limited for the lower tier, so you can't put as good uh, modules on there. But it still allows you that flexibility I was talking about. And, you know, it, it makes it a little more interesting rather than I've got four slots, I have to put HP mods in there to stay alive, you know. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely something to, to look at. And I'm, I'm kind of curious what their plans are for Legion in that regard because they have mentioned that it's going to be a tier aside sort of uh, drop suit system. Unfortunately, I'm guessing you guys don't have much insight on, on Legion. I know they're kind of black boxing the whole thing, which is disappointing. Uh, nothing we can talk about, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> it was a bit of a depressing moment uh, earlier today. I got a uh, an email from Star Citizen, and I'm not one to hop on the hype train for that game, but I I do subscribe to their their uh, newsletter. And every week or every month, rather, they release a newsletter, and there's a, a rather lengthy bit from each part of the development team talking about this is what we did, this is what we want to do with screenshots, conceptual art, and whatnot. And it's, it's interesting. It's, it's kind of cool to watch and see it actually developed over time. And, you know, I'm not necessarily giving my, my own feedback on it. Like I said, I'm not too into the game. I, I subscribe because I think it's interesting. But the fact that we don't have any sort of information coming out of CCP for Legion development is, is kind of sad when you've got a game like Star Citizen, which could very well potentially threaten Eve's existence due to what it's trying to do. I, I wish CCP would read the writing on the wall and actually realize that, hey, we should probably be a little more vocal about this. I mean, I was talking to Cross earlier and I said, it's kind of sad. I feel like a, a smoker digging through the, an ashtray for some old used cigarette butt. I mean, I'll go and look at the, the Project Legion form and look at the little screenshots they, they released for the, the market and just kind of, you know, ooh and ah at them again for the extra number of time because that's all we've got and it's it's kind of pathetic but it's like people are starving myself included just for any sort of information whatsoever but here's 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 the thing to bear in mind um so i i've actually i'll i'll just disclose here um i i got a 325a um which is kind of a a cheap but mid-range attack vehicle um you know, small, whatever, on Star Citizen, and I, th- I think that was probably like $60, I think. And then, um, and I liked that, that was cool. And then they released the the game, the, the actual, like, hangar module where you could go in and look at your ship and get inside your ship if you had one of the ships that they, like, the three ships they had ready for it. Um, and I thought it was really cool, and it was pretty. So, um, then I bought a Super Hornet, which is like a hundred and... $120 ship or something like that. Um, and I got an, an Avenger, which is like a $60 ship. So I've given them a couple hundred dollars um, as, as disclosure. But the reality is Star Citizen is going to um, horribly, horribly, horribly um, under-deliver. Um, because they've they basically promised everyone everything. They said it would be, you could play it standalone offline, you could run private servers, there will be a persistent uh, world universe that RSI maintains. So they've said it's going to be, you know, every single way of playing a game you could ever want. You know, they're saying it's going to have first person combat. There's going to be ship combat. There's going to be, you know, a full developed economy that NPCs are going to be moving stuff. If you don't, um, you know, that, that actual thing, all, all, basically everything that's in the universe will be there because something in some place actually did move it. Um, 
there there's just so much they've promised and then the stretch goals have been like sure we'll add on that and we'll add on that and we'll add on that and we'll make that and that and that and that and there's just so many things that they've promised over the course of the last year with that game there's no, no way no matter how much budget you put into it no matter how much of you know effort and resources you're gonna under deliver because they promised everyone everything <laughs> so really to me star citizen is like watching a train wreck in very slow motion it's 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 still looks like it's perfectly fine it's still on the tracks looks like it's going but you can see the other train coming at it the other direction you know it's just a matter of time well it's it's what happened with destiny it's the same reason i haven't hyped i, I didn't jump on the, the hype train for and destiny. destiny had like you know three four times the budget the star citizen has right right and i'm, I'm not and that again that's why i didn't jump on the hype train for star citizen i mean i bought a ship but i didn't spend hundreds of dollars i just bought one of the the lower things like 45 bucks for the pack i bought you know just just to, out of curiosity to see how it goes you know it was it wasn't a big deal but my, my point being though is that when you've got a game that's actually actively talking about what they're doing even if it's you know obviously they're pushing their expectations a little too high but in contrast to Destiny, which we are not Destiny, I'm sorry, Legion, where we are getting nothing except a screenshot months ago, you know, of the market system, which probably doesn't even look the same anymore. You know, it, it's it's a little disheartening because you've, if you had that kind of communication with the player base, if you actually had them pushing out, even if it was just minuscule little bits of information, just like here, we're writing a newsletter, we're working on this, this is what we'd like to do, no guarantees, you'd have such a much more positive player base of people that are actually excited for the game. I mean, you've got lots of Dust players that are saying, I'm, I'm waiting for, for Legion to come out. But the bitterness is strong. You know, it's it's very strong in, in the community, and the, the lack of communication is, is really just making that worse. And they, they could do themselves so many favors by just saying, this is what we're doing. This is what we'd like to do. Just talk about it, you know, and, and keep the expectations realistic, but, you know, at least get out there and, and show that you're doing something. I mean, post fan fest, we had Rouge posting a little bit and that's since dried up. So, I mean, I, I know I'm just bitching here, but my, my point being is that they, they can be doing so much more for their community and actually drumming up support for the project if they just talked about it. And I, I obviously can't comment on internal CCP politics or, or what's going on. And, and you guys probably can't either if you know anything at all. But, you know, if, if CCP is listening to this, I mean, come on, guys. You, you know, you're, you're being blown out of the water in terms of communication by other companies. And look at the support they're getting, even if it is train wreck in slow motion it's support and i you know i think you really need to take a hard look at how you're handling this and and see what you can do to make it better for yourself and better for the players instead of just black boxing like you have been well not to defend ccp but um i want to point out an example of something that could have happened but didn't and it was smart on the company side to do this um how many of you have heard of project titan well, if you haven't heard about it, it's a MMO sci-fi uh, first-person shooter that Blizzard was supposed to come out with, and it was supposed to help define... It's going to be the next World of Warcraft. Yeah, yeah the, ne the next genre-defining game, and it was in development for six years as a project. And I wasn't supposed to find out that it was a uh, MMO shooter back then, and we've um, World now knows it, but... Overall, they did not say it a single peep about it. They didn't show any screenshots of it. There still are no screenshots of it. There were never dev letters about it. There, were, there was not a single peep about it. Had they been like hyping it like they have 
while well, the way Destiny has been hyped, and then finally canceled it, that would be so much more worse in terms of uh, Blizzard on community and customer relationships. Yeah, and I, I so the the inherent point there is that there is actually no commitment. You know, it's not greenlit. There's no commitment that Legion is is for sure going to be a game. But y you know that I I think they could talk more about it because they went. I mean, they did go and actually announce it at FanFest. I think that was probably, if anything, a mistake. But, but now that they've said it exists, I think that they should be talking about it more than they are. Yeah, I and mean, I, post FanFest announcement, I mean, if if you're going to announce it in that manner, okay, it's not greenlit, I get that, but how long is that going to take to actually get that support? Because, I mean, people are, are, are getting antsy, you know, myself included. It's it's like, if, if you're going to say that it exists, you need to talk about it then. I mean, the difference between this and, and the Blizzard example is the fact that no one knew it existed at that time, or at least in the, the amount of detail that, well, that we know about Well, knew something called Titan existed, but... Right. It was on our finances report, but that was about it. <laughs> yeah, and then if you make a big deal about it, and like this is our big fan fest announcement, well, fuck, guys, you gotta actually talk about it then. I mean, even if it's just minimal, just having conversations, you know, collecting feedback or ideas, that's that would be go a long way. But there's there's nothing. I'm not saying hype it like Star Citizen or Destiny. I mean that, like you said, that that's a mistake. That's a train wreck waiting to happen. But we we need more than what we're getting and it's it's really frustrating i know a lot of players are frustrated especially with right. the kind of stuff you're seeing from from other companies you know? and I, I know personally and this might be something part, partially based on stuff that i heard from cpm0 but i remember before before fanfest there was there was the indication that rouge wanted to talk you know wanted to tell everyone about stuff and talk to people on the forums and couldn't until fanfest and then he hasn't really said much since, um, and that that is one thing that that to me was bothersome. But I'm not sure if that was as much someone at CCP saying, "Oh, well, he wants to talk to people," or you know, and be really active, or if that was um, you know CPM members. I don't I don't remember. He needs a clone, maybe two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I didn't mean to go on a rant there. I know I did, but it, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that is a problem. And I wish they would address it because it is a problem and, and they're just not. And like you said, he, there was much talk that, oh, yeah, we're getting Rouge in here. It's going to be awesome. He's very, you know, excited to be, you know, more active in communication with the community and it, that, that fell flat. And now I don't know if that's CCP telling him, no, don't talk to anybody about it, or if that's his personal choice. I'm not sure. Again, I don't know anything about the internal politics. That's that's not something for me to know. But, you know, it, it, it's like CCP needs to not be so knee-jerk in how they handle their PR relations. I mean, obviously, FanFest was a mess, but the last thing they should be doing is is clamming up like they are. So, you know, like I, I hope it changes soon. I mean, I really do. I mean, the stuff happening with Dust is great. You know, but we all know it's got a, a timeline on it. And it, it, knowing that, we need to know what's going to happen next and where it's going to go when that's eventually over, whenever that date is. So I, I do hope they they get wise and understand that they need to do something soon. Well, I have to agree that they do need to talk, but there's the thing about the level of hype is it doesn't always depend on what they plan. It's what the community does with it. I can, um, if you release the most mundane picture of a game that everyone's so hyped up about, they're going to hype it to crap. <laughs> yeah, but I think there's also company-driven momentum behind hype. You know, if the company's pushing the hype to go higher, that's 
going to make it escalate to destiny levels where it's just like I'm rolling my eyes like guys you're you're all fooling yourself but you know I, I think that there, there, there could be more done but I get what you're saying I don't mean to, to, to bicker here well, I'm not trying to argue either it's just that there's always there's always um factors that are beyond um, initial thoughts and plans sure yeah, no, I, I I get that there's probably more going on than I personally see and you guys probably see, so I don't mean to sound like a dick about it, but just as a member of the community, I'm just voicing my frustration that a lot of people share. But uh, I think we should probably move on before I keep ranting here. Uh, one thing that was requested we talk about tonight is actually uh, BPOs in general. We kind of touched on it earlier with the uh, increased payouts, but recently CCP's been opening up and releasing uh, previously existing BPOs. Uh, we did the vote for the, the sever BPOs, and that included the, the four originals that we had back in the day. And they recently added, I think, the, the Toxin SMG, didn't they? Toxin uh -huh. SMG is back on the market, yes. So, I mean, it, it kind of, I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on BPOs in general. Should we continue fleshing them out? Are they fine as is? Do you think they should die in a fire? What, what, what do you guys think? I say they should continue on um, pursuing BPO routes. They just need to work out the cost a bit. I mean, the, we get plenty of plain Jane things, but they're almost the same price as the custom colored ones, and the custom colored ones are the ones that are supposed to be special. I mean, do you think we should continue with giving a BPO for all standard equipment and weapons, not just the ones we currently have? Yes. It, eventually, we just need to stay away from the HAV and uh, dropship BPOs. <laughs> yeah, those those were the two that uh, I, I think I'd be pretty scared to see. Um, I mean, I almost wouldn't mind a dropship BPO, um, but the the perfectly valid concern on something like that would be the tendency to use it to ram things, um, namely other 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 dropships. And I'm I'm perfectly in support of dropship ramming. I think it's a valid tactic. I think it's a very important and great um, tactic, but uh, I, I don't think that one should be a BPO. <laughs> I don't think that, that ability should be free. Now you, so you're saying that you don't support BPOs for HAVs or dropships, even if they're just militia uh, grade? No, I wouldn't do a BPO dropship. I, I, I would like to see um, BPO labs come back. Um, I think that would be great because I mean it's my most used BPO personally. Um, being it, you know, I don't want to spend money. I don't want to spend ISK to go from point A to point B. But maps are so freaking big, and having the ability to just call in a lab for free just to get to the other side of the map is really, really useful. Um, yeah. And I, I think newer players should have an opportunity for that. Well, especially since so many opportunities for veterans to, to get those BPOs has, has been around, I think it's it seems only fair that we make it available to people who are a bit newer, especially with the player counts actually rising, you know, with new players joining. It's it's always frustrating for me when I get a new player that asks you, well, where do you get the BPOs? And it's like, well, <laughs> you, you weren't around back then, so you don't get them, which is a little frustrating for them when, like we discussed earlier, payouts are so low and they're trying to use lower end stuff just to make money and it's it's difficult to maintain even with low grade uh, equipment yeah i think uh bpos are are great i think players like them even just from a collection standpoint and it's it was always kind of crazy to me that they they left in the first place i mean i know they had some kind of plan and reason for why they were doing that but uh it seemed a little um it seemed like they jumped the gun on that a bit uh because clearly the whatever plan they had um, that was related to removing the BPOs never actually went in place. So, um, 
I think it's great that they're back. They should have never left. Um, and I, I hope they continue to uh, put more out there for people. Because I think for the people who, who enjoy BPOs, uh, they're the ones to, who will likely continue to buy more of them. So, um, you know, take advantage of that revenue stream while it, while it lasts, for sure. Now you say you're, you're against the vehicle BPOs. What do you feel about vehicle module BPOs? I mean, obviously... Uh, I have no problem with those. You're in support of those? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, I wouldn't want to set up a double standard where you've got infantry with their militia BPOs, yet the, the vehicles can't have them. I think if you're at least paying for the frame, you should be able to put them on there, especially since, again, they exist in some degree. I mean, I have all the BPOs that were released back in the day for in terms of modules and, and weapons, so... You know, I, I have them. I use them from time to time, depending on the fit. And, you know, I, I like to see new players who actually want to try that out, especially as these vehicles are kind of a pain starting off. You, you, you It's kind of daunting to, to train all those different modules and whatnot because it's not like a drop suit where you can just slap on, you know, pretty much whatever and perform. Vehicles are a little more finicky, I think. So it would be good to give people that option. So I'm in support of that. Actually, again, Cross couldn't make it. We, him and I were talking about this earlier, so he, you know, was was talking about BPOs and, and asked for me to kind of forward his opinion about them. If I can pull it up here real quick, yeah. So basically, it's, he supports the LAVs, uh, particularly bringing in uh, armor uh, uh, BPOs, not just the the sockets that we have for the shield Caldari ones. I think that's pretty legit. Because, um, you know, sometimes I, I want to run an armored BPO because I don't use them primarily for transport all the time. I'll actually use them for other uses. And in many cases, I prefer the armor fit for, for various reasons. So I think that's pretty cool. Bringing back BPOs for all the infantry. Again, I, I'm a big supporter of that too. The, the, there's some missing ones, I think. Uh, maybe some some BPO E War stuff. I don't think we have all of those at this point. I don't think they never. Modules. I don't think they ever had them in the first place. Yeah, like like I said, I have all of them that were available back in closed beta when they were cheap. So I, I don't think I have those. What are you guys' thoughts on uh, BPO turrets for vehicles, not just the modules, but the turrets themselves? Eh, a bit iffy on that. Yeah, I'd rather continue dropping the prices like we've been doing so far, especially for the small ones. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to get to a, a point where it's it's almost too much, where you can run a, a tank for basically free. You know, I, I think that that could cause issues. I mean, obviously the LAV is a little different. You know, it, it's used mostly for transport, so that's that's kind of at a weird place. But like like Zell said, I think bringing in you know vehicles, dropships, and, and tanks could cause issues more with the meta and, and less so much with the actual gameplay with with ramming and other shenanigans that could be possibly done so you know i i think in general i think bpos are, are really good i'd like to see more of them i think they they help people who want to just kind of dick around and try stuff you know i mean for me personally it's if i don't care and i just want to go around and be an idiot for a night you know it's cool to, to run free fits you know and unfortunately i've actually based my training on a lot of skills off of the bpos like i went into assault rifles initially because I had the exile, you know, and if if I had because of other stuff, I'd be more likely to train those. So I think that would be really cool and and making it a little more fair between the races. Because I mean, obviously, guns that existed early on are probably gonna get more attention in terms of skill training because of the, the existence of those BPOs over other ones. Right. Well, they got the um, they got the sidearm BPOs in for the sidearm events, so that was nice. Those are militia grade, right? Uh yeah. 
that's interesting for me because I mean, they're obviously standard levels. BPOs exist. You've got the standard suits that they recently released. The toxin is a standard grade BPO. So, I mean, will they release a militia BPO and then potentially a standard one as well for a higher price? Most, if they do, it'll probably be part of a PSM package instead of the standard buy through the game variety. Right. Like, I think Drun stuff tends to be uh, uh, standard grade. And that is, uh, and that was a pack. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I think that that would really help people and, and kind of but, enjoy the game a lot more. Yeah, and part of the big thing though for the sidearms being militia grade, anyways, for in this case was that uh, it's militia grade ones that count for the event. Yeah, I think that was good for a lot of people. I mean, militia items are cheap as hell, so I typically don't care. But you know, it, it's nice that if and I'm going to do accessible. the event, yeah, yeah, and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I, mean, I think BPOs in general, if we were going to be getting a dust market and BPOs were going to still perform the way they actually they work the way they do, where it's just you know a free item that's poofing out of nowhere, I'd probably be against it. But obviously, ISK will likely not transfer to Legion if that happens, but assets probably will in the way they're talking about BPOs. They don't necessarily have to perform the same way they do, and I would actually suggest that they don't. I, I think that an item that's completely free in New Eden is not a good thing, you know, save maybe, you know, the basic starter fit stuff, which is similar to your, you know, uh, civilian ships in, in EVE. But regardless, I think that releasing BPOs at this point into dust is not going to cause any harm to the game. It's going to just enhance it, which at this point, whatever you can do to make the game more enjoyable to the players, I think is, is really key. So I'm, I'm glad to see them kind of, getting away from that fear of BPOs because they can always make them perform differently in Legion. That's yes, not yeah. something you have to worry about here. So I think that, you know, it, it's good. I think it's, it's a really good move and it, it's actually kind of reinvigorated a lot of interest for me because I can go in and, and run different kinds of BPO stuff for the ones that I don't have, hopefully in the future when they get them. I don't know if you guys can comment on it anymore, but we, we, we've touched on this in the past that they're, plan last time i heard was to make all drop suits bpos in in legion can you guys comment if that's still the plan or do you guys not know or, or what's going on as we heard us um with rest of us last time that is was a current plan so we have no idea what has happened since then um we'll we'll try to get um a meeting with the guy in charge and um hopefully get something out public if we can what are your guys thoughts on that in general because i i I like Again, the idea. I, I, I just I'm not sure if I'm I'm totally comfortable with how it'll play with uh, New Eden. Yeah, that, that's where I kind of shy away. Cause I mean, it, it makes sense what they describe that okay, you earn the suit, it's yours. You know, you shouldn't be afraid to use it because it's a higher grade. But at the same time, I don't like stuff poofing out of nowhere into existence. I, I like the fact that New Eden has an active industry where you actually have to make everything. I think that's really awesome and makes it unique. And I, I hate to see that diminished with the existence of items that are unlimited, you know? Well, it goes back to player, well, player agency, the feeling that you are a person in the universe. And that, that was the angle that CCPZ was trying to sell with this is that the, he wanted players to actually feel like people. So, Without a clone avatar like um, New Eden Pods currently enjoy, the only way to express ourselves is through our suits. So the idea is to make the suits on um, BPO suits um, very customizable in terms of appearance. Um, it's it's just one of those things that would would be more critical for all um, trying to keep players interested in the game. 
you know, especially for people like me who will pretty much buy vanity stuff all the time because it's just what I like, having the option to to customize a suit and make it unique and you know, if you want to charge me for that, sure. You know, I'll, I'll pay for that because I, I do like that stuff. And I think a lot of people feel the same. So in that regard, from a marketing standpoint, I think that's that's pretty legit. I just, again, I worry about how it actually ties in with the the industry aspect of, of New Eden. I mean, it, it may not be a big deal if they want to push off, you know, make all the modules and weapons and all that manufactured, have the suit itself just happen to be you know, kind of part of your clone, so to speak, you know, I, I guess I can buy that, you know, it's, I'm, I'm iffy on it, but I, I can be sold the idea. I would love and, to see uh, the actual avatar thing come out though someday for, for Legion. Um, I would love to see like the, the uh, character creator from, from Eve. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I was, I was playing around with, I was, for whatever reason, logged into Eve and I was looking through the new Eden store and, happened to notice a, something that I kind of liked. And I was like, oh, that's kind of neat. I've got some free orb that gave me early on. And I, you know, it's it's not anything meaningful. It just makes me look a little different in my, my captain's quarters. But, you know, I, I grabbed it. It, was, it wasn't it was a big deal. But it's stuff like that where it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I feel like that character is my own now, you know? And I think that's, that's, that is pretty legit. That's why, you know, I could probably be sold on the idea if I can get past the whole industry aspect of it. And that was the idea behind the, uh, keeping the industry aspect is that the modules and weapons will still be consumable. And that will be a less frustrating experience than losing your suit every time. Right. And if you actually have a true tier aside system, you can get away with something like that because what you fit is is more important than necessarily what grade suit you're using because they're all technically the same grade, you know. And so Iron Wolf, I think you mentioned in the, the chat, you wanted to talk about the officer weapons that they're adding to Dust? Oh yes, um, they're they're... The winners of the first round of destructive data mining have all been um, named, and the weapons are still being designed. Uh, CSP Large Bro is still looking on feedback on some of these, as well as doing technical evaluations for some of these things. But some of these variants do not exist in the game currently. Yeah, I was. I heard from Cross. Actually, I was very surprised. I figured you guys would just make carbon copies of existing BPO weapons and add a name to it. But I'm I'm actually excited that you're actually making it a new variant of the weapon. That's really legit. Uh, one of the more interesting ones would be the fully automatic shotgun. This is, people are terrifying and, and running away from the scouts, laughing their asses off right now. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be kind of scary. I think the other one was uh, what a plasma cannon with two shots in the magazine or something like that. The assault plasma cannon. Oh, that's awesome. Now, is that going to be just an officer, or are they looking at actually making that a a standard weapon? Uh, we do not know yet. Um, maybe maybe these are test grounds for new variants. Who knows? So if if these do turn into new variants, then cool. Yeah, I, I think that's actually really cool. You're making it something unique and, and not just a a proto weapon on steroids, so to speak, in terms of officer gear. Making it something that's that's a little different, like you said, kind of a testing ground. That's that's really cool. So I'm I, again, I was pleasantly surprised to hear that. I was a little shocked, but that's cool that you guys are. Yeah, I think it, I think it used it was with the other the original officer weapons too that they were often just. Different, a different type of experience than you could necessarily get out of another out of a normal weapon. Yeah, most of the original ones were deflections off the baseline, and recently with some of these rerolls, um, some of these uh, other side grades have been uh, rerolled as different variants. Uh, most notably, the most recent one would be the Bollock sniper rifle, which very few people have, and that has been rerolled as a tactical. Very nice. Yeah, because like like you said, the old officer ones were. Spins on or spin offs of, of existing weapons, like I think the, the Crimson 
uh, Assault Rifle had 90 rounds instead of 80, which is nice, I guess, but it's, it doesn't feel unique where, you know, you like a full-auto shotgun that's like, holy crap. It, 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 dare I say, it actually kind of has like an exotic weapon feel like in Destiny where it's the same frame as existing weapons, but a little extra twist on it to make it different. So that's that's pretty cool. Gee, what the laser rifles heat build up if you got an MR Assault 5 equipped to this something will never hit the breaking point. Wow, so you will reload before it overheats? You'll reload before it overheats. That's terrifying. <laughs> laser rifles are another weapon that I've enjoyed using. They're they're I like the weird ones and that's that's kind of a, a niche weapon, but it's it's a lot of fun. So that's that's cool to see. I'm hoping to get some of these in drops. There were some uh good time back in uh back in chromosome with the laser rifle. That that weapon used to be like god mode. Well, I think it was Ambush. He spawned into Modest Peak Ambush. He's like, okay, grab your laser rifle. Because all the hard points in that map are basically where people would spawn. Okay, they were all about 60 meters apart, and you would just sit and cook each other the whole time because that was the weapon to use. So it was... Yeah. yeah. Well, it was that or um, that or snipers. And and laser rifles ate snipers for breakfast, which was fantastic in its own right. Um, I thought that was a really cool game mechanic when it seemed to play that way, that laser rifles were like the best anti-sniper because snipers have to stay still to get off a shot and lasers cook things sitting still very quickly. Yeah, I think it's one of the more underappreciated weapons in the game. I mean, for a while, it was obviously ridiculous with the, the Visium. I think it was Visium laser rifle that was just decimating everything and then they got nerfed into oblivion but they brought them back up and they're actually pretty legit now so if you guys haven't used a laser rifle in a while i encourage you to go try it out just even the basic one they're a lot of fun in certain situations so they're like i said go out and, and give it a shot i'm always encouraging people to try out new things in the game and in train everything to level one you know give every standard weapon a shot every standard suit a shot and just just give a feel for it because i think it we get so stuck in the mindset of, of specialization and diving in deeper to our own little segment of the game that we forget that other parts of it exist and i think it makes it a lot more enjoyable at least for me personally if you can go into the game and, and try different things out like the laser rifle or the bolt pistol <laughs> it's ridiculousness in recent updates but you know try things out it, it makes the game much more fun and it's brought me back into more activity just trying things out especially with movement and adding new weapon variants and whatnot i know iron wolf had a a thread in the forums asking for ideas in terms of variants of existing existing stuff and whatnot, and I, it's enjoyable to read people's ideas. So you, again, if you're on the forums or if you're not on the forums, log in there, give your feedback, or just read. You know, forum lurkers are are always fun, so you should definitely check that stuff out. I missed the days where I could preheat my laser rifle, then um sweep it over target and melt them. Oh yeah, I still do that. It's awesome. Also, um, as I said, CCP Logic Bro has hijacked my thread, but he's also looking for feedback on anything of the new officer weapon stats, which are is in the thread. You can find it easily in general discussion. That's good stuff. Are, are you guys planning on, on doing the same sort of thing with the, uh, I guess, officer sidearms then, giving them a little extra twist? There, who knows? We'll have to see when they get the winners finally. Nice. And with so many more variants of the our current weapons that are still missing officer variants, I can see another round of um, destructive data mining pos being possible. Yeah, I think the event's good. I'm, I'm glad they, they made the shift back to lower-end gear rather than the prototype stuff. I think it made it more accessible to everyone in general. Well, and the fun part to, fun part to me is now you can go... Uh, all, all the people who usually pub-stomp you, you can go kill them because they've got malicious items. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, that's going to happen no matter what you do, though. 
yeah, but that's that's kind of the funny part of of the event is that it does get some of the some of the tryhard proto stomp crowd um, using a pretty weak weapon. So you know, players should actually have an easier time going up against them. Yeah, I had a guy come at me with a uh, prototype cavalry assault with like a militia bolt pistol or something. <laughs> just ripped me apart, and I'm like, how many you know sidearm damage mods you have stacked on that thing? He's got this militia gun on a. A, a proto suit that's armed to the teeth it was it was pretty crazy so it's it's kind of fun to see people doing weird fits like that but overall i think it, it's definitely good to make it more accessible to people i think when i logged in i the first thing i did is make a kind of a standard suit and then i had four versions of it with you know each sidearm just to, to try them all out and i kind of cycled through each one in each match just to try it out or before it was like i only have a couple weapons to proto you know so what am i going to do with with the last data mining so it's i've enjoyed it a lot more this time around CSP does listen to feedback. Well, more so now than before, but you know that's that's good. Well, when it always came to events, that was one thing we always um, did try to strive for was making it better for everybody. Yeah, and there were I mean, a if... lot of changes to the uh, the SP event, especially that that changed like almost every time they ran it. It ran a little differently until they got to the the system they got now, well, which that's is good. the it makes it more the, interesting. the uh, five times generation on active and triple cap that that was like there were four or five times they tweaked the sp event before they got to that yeah i mean i remember before i think it was just a higher cap without a multiplier or something like that and it was just like a painful grind to get it all out oh, in one week. yeah that was the worst well it was triple it was triple full cap and triple active generation and so it was, in fact, more grinding to get there because the active wasn't the is kind of the smaller component between of the two of your SP you get in a match. Yeah, no, it's like you said. I'm glad they actually have, have tweaked it. It feels pretty good now. I don't feel like it's overly grindy, but it's definitely rewarding. And I've always enjoyed the million clone challenge. I think it's kind of cool to to see people get together and actually kind of work towards a common goal. And again, I'm impressed that we still hit, what was it like 2.4 million? I forget what it was in with a supposedly diminished player base, but we still hit it with a DDoS attack going on. So, you know, that's, that's really cool that people actually logged on and took place and took part of that. You know, that's, that's really good to see. I think it's at, at least proof that they, that a player base isn't dramatically diminished or anything like that. People would like to sell you that it is. Well, that's the bitter vet talking. Like I said, the bitterness within the community is palpable. <laughs> and I, I, I try to keep my patience with it, but sometimes I'm like, just shut up. You know, you're being irrational and being overly negative. And it's just, it gets annoying after a while. And I think the notion was that we would have actually broken 3 million uh, if, if we hadn't had the DDoSing. Because it really just took the peak off of the biggest and busiest day. Um, it just flattened when, when the DDoS hit. Was there additional stretch goal for three million? I forget. No, no, but it would have been cool to hit it. Yeah, yeah for sure. But again, like I said, it's it's almost a, more of a testament to the the activity of the player base to to hit it despite connection issues. So you know, again, go dust community. It was really cool to see that happen. Yeah, I mean, we we hit it. Uh, you know, we almost broke our our old record. We were you know short three hundred thousand, but that was again like Saturday. I didn't play at all because I tried to play and I couldn't. And so I signed back off and I'm sure tons of other people did the exact same thing. Yeah. I think I was actually playing mostly during that last show while we're talking. I had my, my dust playing on my other monitor here. So I was, I was shooting people then. So it was, 
it was fun to be part of it. You know, like, again, it's always kind of cool to feel like an actual community working towards a, a singular goal rather than just our own little personal things each day. So, you know, I, I always enjoy those sorts of events and I hope we can have new spinoffs of it and, and some new variations because events bring people in, you know, and it's good to see people actually playing despite the bitterness and despite the, the issues that we have right now with, you know, the dust legion problem and whatnot. So you well, know, most people don't visit the forums either. Yeah. Yeah. Which might be good because the forums are an awful nasty place that you really should never go unless you're already <laughs> stuck there. There's probably a lot of players who, who play just because they don't, they haven't seen the forums. Um, well, it's, it's nasty but, for the average person, but for Soraya, it's his playground. So, Hey, you know, <laughs> You, you know, you, if you someone's got to answer that, that post. Someone has to answer them. I, I just like, you know what? Fine, I'll answer this post. This post is dumb. You know, I, I you know, it's I, I try to be nice, but sometimes, sometimes the inner troll just uh, it comes out. What is that? That saying that that ten percent of intelligence is how smart you are, and ninety percent of knowing when to keep your mouth shut. Yeah, well, I, I I don't keep my mouth shut. It's not a thing <laughs> that happens, shit, buddy. <laughs> no, but it's uh, <laughs> I make fun of you, but we we always enjoy our, our resident troll. You know, it's always I guess always one uh, corp always has to have a resident troll because they keep the other trolls in line. So you you have your use. <laughs> well, you know, hey, I you know there were people we talked and and it was very clear that we uh, absolutely would not agree on certain topics and people you know there's one person that uh, I was talking with on one thread and I'm pretty sure they got somewhat of a dislike for me until they had another thread and I'm like this is like a great idea and it's totally cool and this is why you're you're awesome and they're like oh okay and I'm like hey look we agree on something <laughs> and so that happens too well, it goes back to like like uh, we said before, where you know, if you actually sit down and talk to a guy face to face or on comms, more or less, you, you definitely get a different feel for the guy. People are a lot more chill than they often appear in the forum. So, you know, I, I try not to get too engaged. I mean, I've my blood is boiled before, but you just got to remember that there are people that are just as passionate as you are, and they're just as interested in, in making the game better, or in your case, trolling other people. So, you know, you take it with a grain of salt, but. I think overall, you know, I, I would say that the forum and the community is toxic, but awesome. So, you know, you really got to appreciate it for what it is. Well, all right, guys, I think we're pushing uh, about an hour and 20 here, so I don't want to go too much later. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we do uh, final shout outs? I've had the joy of experiencing one of the most worst um, tank squadrons in the game. Oh really? Tell us a bit about it. A bit about oh, it. it was it was six real tanks um, on the 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 militia ones, the armored militia ones. The, was it the Maddie? Not, not the gun lodgy. It? Isn't there a vehicle limit of five? It was basically the entire squad almost, and they called them all out, and they try to go after this one um, Madruger with missiles on it, and this Madruger pilot just tore every single one of them up by himself, five to one. That's and the awesome. thing is, and the thing is, these guys rolled out again. Twice. Well, it's good to see that, you know, uh, someone who's actually specialized into the vehicle can actually still go toe-to-toe -to -toe with overwhelming numbers on Militia, because that was a big complaint of mine when the vehicle rework came out, that Militia vehicles were basically as good as standard vehicles, and there wasn't much reason to use the more expensive frame. But I think recent changes have actually made that much less of an issue, so I'm, I'm happy to see that. And that's, it's good to hear stories like that, because, again, when you dump... 
X million of SP into vehicles and then get one shotted by, you know, a, a Soma with a railgun, it's a little frustrating. Well, it just shows that also just knowing uh, how to drive your tank is um, was just as much as uh, part of knowing how to fit it. Because the pilot that was um, driving the Medruger, uh, the Medruger around, we knew what the hell he was doing. And these guys were just dogpiling on each other, just shooting each other. And they couldn't get a clear shot of the um, tank they're trying, trying to destroy. So it was definitely a player skill, a heavy factor into that destruction of all just five HAVs. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. All right, anyone else? Or are we good to go for shoutouts here? Okay, then I guess we'll go with shoutouts. Let's start with you, uh, Iron Wolf. I'd like to give a shout out to that guy, Jesse Corrales, and everyone else that uh, commented on my um, Dust 2.0 series. Um, you can possibly find it if you Google it. Well, uh, search it on the um, forums. But it's a nice collection of ideas that I'm just putting together just, just to show off it. Okay, uh, Sir Manboy? Uh, yeah, as always, a shout out to the uh, Molong guys out there. Um, you guys are great as always. And uh, shout out to Cross for all the great work he's doing uh, behind the scenes to improve uh, support play and uh, the Logi class. He's got some great things up his sleeve. Uh, shout out to Hinox for his appearance last week. It was, it was good to hear from him. He's one of the best personalities in the entire community, so that was cool. And uh, shout out to uh, Logi Bro and Ritati for... Uh, doing all the hard work that you guys do. It's a pleasure to work with you. And like I said, it's uh, it's awesome to see that this game is in the hands of two people who are not only uh, very competent, but also uh, you know, very passionate about working on the game. And uh, I, like I said, I just wish more people in the community realized that so that there were uh, fewer people spreading rumors about the game. If they really uh, knew what was going on which, you know, behind the scenes with those guys, they might uh, think twice about opening their mouth about things they don't know. So um, that's all I have to say. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I, shout outs, shout outs. I'll give a shout out to my Alliance. Um, shout out to the uh, uh, South American community, which has been a huge part of, uh, of dust player face at this point. It seems, um, a lot of, lot of uh, Spanish-speaking uh, people who have uh, joined, actually, my alliance, and uh, cool guys there. And, uh, yeah, shout-out to Logibro and Rotati, as always. Okay, and uh, shout-out for me, it's a shout-out to my corp, OSG Planetary Operations, and Cross it too. I'm, I'm proud to have him in my corp and alliance. Uh, he actually got us all together on Dust and pulled people off of Destiny, which is a feat, to uh, have a, a fun night of... Uh, faction warfare so that, that was a lot of cool you know i i always enjoy talking with him he's a great asset to the community and, and to my corp as well so you know, he's, he's cool to have around also shout out to, to Godin in the skype channel for keeping me entertained and screaming at me when the stream is not working properly and threatening to kill kittens when i don't fix it so uh thanks man i i appreciate your uh your ongoing feedback and keeping things interesting during the the podcast so glad to have you you should come on the show sometime but uh yeah so you know that's it guys you know thank you for tuning in if you are catching us on itunes or during the stream appreciate you uh listening to us your feedback is always appreciated and youtube when i finally get them updated when you do that yeah when when, when it's being passive aggressive because i've been lazy um but yeah we'll get them on youtube as well so that's on itunes youtube on our website biomass.net uh lots of places you can get it so give us your feedback give us your thoughts if you want to be on the show even if you're just somebody you know in the community we're glad to have you to come on and, and talk you know you don't have to be anyone that's of 
community note to be on here. I mean, I'm, I'm a no name. So, you know, we we're we're glad to talk to people and we want more than just the CPM guys. We, we love having them here for conversation, but it's good to get different perspectives. So, you know, if you want to be on the show, hit us up on, on Skype or on our emails available on the Biomast uh, website. So thanks guys. Uh, this is Pokey Driven and the Biomass crew signing off. Have a good night.